BYU 30 and Hawaii 20, our final score. Let's get you our Ken Garf keys to the game. Mark Lyons gives us keys pregame and postgame. They are brought to you by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen. Proud supporters of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Mark gives us three things to look for before the game. And we see a look at, uh, we take a look at just how they turned out to be after the game. Mark, what did you have? Get excited to play. You know, there's many distractions here in Hawaii, but be ready to play at the start. And they were that first drive. They uh, took it down and got a touchdown. Contain Hawaii's run attack. No big plays. They did a really no good plays. job there. Yeah, that Longest was great. run was 14 yards by the Osami St. Just when the game was decided. He ends up 12 carries, 39 yards. And again, this is a fellow, the uh, Osami St. Just, averaging uh, more than 100 yards per pop and more than 5 yards per carry. Nice job on him. Test the run early and then set up the pass. And uh, that's what they did. So... Uh, they followed my game plan. How about the uh, the balance, uh, passing it and rushing it? Pass for 166, rush for 285. What if you, were the if numbers? If you run for 285, you're likely going to win most of those games. BYU's Canada had 17 for a buck 13. Kafensis 18 for 98. Burt 13 for 75. All of those guys end up with between 5.4 and 6.6 yards per carry. BYU on the night goes 5.3 yards per rush. 54 carries, 285. We said before the game, we want to see the rush number up in the 40s and the pass number down in the 20s. Yeah. BYU threw 24 times, ran 54 times, 78 plays, and wins it by a score of 30 to 20 on 451 yards and an average of 5.8 yards per play. Yeah. Boy, it was great. and uh, Nice plan. Got after him uh, up front and uh, did a good job of running hard. So, and uh, Greg, it is, uh, you know, the... The victory at UNLV was satisfying, and uh, tonight it's so just how bitter it was last week to lose to UMass, and now tonight uh, the victory does help those guys uh, go home with a little bit of happiness. They played a ton of guys. Those seniors got in on that final drive, so I thought that was a lot of good stuff happening out there. Let's take a look at uh, how we got to 30-20 to 20 as our final score. Mark uh, leads us through the scoring. BYU opened with a touchdown. It was Quali Canada for 40 yards. PAT was good by Almond 7 nothing. Hawaii disrupt. Oh, they got that uh, fumble that he picked off in the air and scored uh, Solomon Matuatuia. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then uh, Alex Trevanovich. Yeah. yeah. He kicked the extra point. 7-7 at the end of the first half. And then BYU put together a seven, an 80-yard drive to retake the lead. Uh, Squally Canada scored with a four-yard run. PAT was no good. That's a halftime score, 13-7. Now things got interesting in the second half as uh, BYU put together a 64-yard drive, got it down to the 11-yard line, and ran this play. Joe claps the hands, receives a helmet high snap. Loads up with his right hand, throws down and in. Catch me, touchdown! Neil Pau scored in the first game of the year, Greg, and here he scores in the last game of the year. And so uh, he gets two scores uh, for the season. Hawaii recovered a fumbled punt return at the BYU 19-yard line. It made it pretty interesting because Drew Brown hit Ammon Barker with a TD pass. The PAT was blocked by Zane Anderson, giving BYU that one point back for the missed extra point. 20-13 to 13 is the score going into the fourth quarter. BYU then moves the ball 62 yard line, 62 yards to the 18 yard line, and there Andrew Mickelson kicked a 35 yard field goal to give BYU that 10 point cushion that was important to finish the game. And then uh, Riley Burt scores. Oops, 
I'm not telling you that. BYU drives it down to the 11-yard line at a time that they wanted to make it a three-score game and not worry about the results after that, and this is how they did it. Shotgun snap. Critchlow, stretch handoff. Riley. Riley starts to the right, turns the corner at the 10, 5, touchdown! Riley Bart, and that will do it! It did. It was an 11-yard run. PAT was good by Mickelson. Drew Brown hit. Uh, oh, shoot. Kamoku Noah? Kamoko Noah. Kamoka Noah. Kamoko Kamoko Noah. Noah. Yeah. With a three-yard touchdown pass, and the PAT was good by Alex Trevanovich. 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 Yeah. 30-20 to 20 then is the final score. Lots of fun names to say here tonight. You were so amazing. Uh, Drew Brown ends up 28 for 38, 258, two touchdowns, no picks, a passer rating, very nice, 148.1. Diosomi St. Just, 12 rushes, 39 yards. BYU kept him handled all night long. Leading receiver uh, in yardage, Dylan Colley, 100-yard receiving night, six for a bucko three. Uh, St. Just had nine grabs for 39. Touchdown catches by Barker, another Utah and Kumoko Noah. BYU's Joe Critchlow, 14 for 23, 166. Touchdown, no picks, passer rating of 135. Basically, Mark, it was the UNLV game all over again for him. (laughs) Same kind of game, and he was the same kind of efficient. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, uh, he got a lot of help. That's the same thing that happened in the UNLV game. He got a lot of help from uh, a lot of the people. They were able to run the football well. They gave him time to throw the football, and they caught the ball. You know, and he didn't get that help against UMass. Defense is through one time, uh, incomplete. Nice-looking play. That uh, didn't work. Uh, Squally Canada, 17 rushes, 113, two touchdowns, long run of 40, 6.6 per carry he left and did not return after uh, late in the first half. Defense goes 18 for 98, long of 18, average of 5.4. Riley Burt, nice burst, 13. You can't spell burst without Burt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Riley Burt goes 13 for 75 for a touchdown, long of 21, an average of 5.8. BYU averages 5.3 per rush with all rushers. Micah Simon, 4 for 46. Jonah Trinneman, 3 for 28. Bushman, 2 for 52. The touchdown catch was from Neil Pau. He starts the season with a touchdown, as Mark noted, ends the season with a touchdown. Pau, 1 for 11. It was a score. 30 to 20 as BYU racks up 451 yards of offense to Hawaii's 286. Defense does his job again. BYU, 9 of 18 on third downs. U of H, just 3 of 11. BYU ran 25 more plays. A half yard per play more per play. Uh, Red zone, 4 of 5. UH, 2 of 2. Possession time, BYU plus 13 minutes. Turnover margin, plus 1. Field position was a wash, and BYU wins it by 10. 30 to 20. Season ends, 4 and 9. But for what you wanted to get done in week 13, mission accomplished. That's I guess. right. You know, and it turned into a one-game season for them, and uh, they ended up with a victory. All right, 30 to 20 is our final. Ben Bagley next with studio covers, then back to Honolulu for much more from Aloha Stadium, where it's windy and rainy, and BYU's a winner. 30 to 20, our final on the new skin BYU Sports Network. The clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Postum Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Postum, there's a reason. Post Game coverage is also brought to you by Provo Land Title. In 1966, we started with a simple goal service. 50 years later, that goal is now a tradition. And by America First Credit Union, Utah's number one credit union and your winning financial team. Now, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. 
Ben Bagley in the BYU Radio Studios, filling in for Jason Shepard. Welcome into the Cougar Post and Post Game Live. Let's get your reaction to tonight's BYU 10-point victory, 30-20 to over the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. BYU ending the season 4-9, and but ending it on a positive note as BYU moves forward in the offseason with the win. Now looking forward to see what improvements and what changes happen before next season. You can send us your thoughts on tonight's game. Chime in on Twitter. Tweet at Ben Bags. We'll read your reactions on there. Once again, that's tweet at Ben Bags. We'll read some of your thoughts and reactions on the air. Looking at the game, Greg Rebell just went through a lot of the main stats from the game, but the one thing that jumps out to Cougar fans is, well, BYU got the ground game going, and they got it going throughout the night. Started in the first half with Squally Canada, 113 yards rushing on 17 carries, 6.6 yards per carry. Squally really had it going in the first half. Unfortunately, his game night ended early with an injury in the second quarter, left the field, did not return for the second half, but BYU's rush game didn't slow down. Two other players approaching the century mark in tonight's game. Austin Confensis on 18 carries had 98 yards. 5.4 yards per carry. And Riley Burt in the fourth quarter really kind of took over the running game with 13 carries for 75 yards, had a long of 21 and averaged 5.8 yards per carry. For a total of, for the BYU rushing attack, 54 carries for 285 yards, three touchdowns, and 5.3 yards per carry. That's what BYU fans have been looking for from this run game. They got it tonight. Much like what happened against UNLV two weeks ago, what what Kalani Satake was looking for last week came back again against Hawaii, paid dividends in a 30-20 win. Hawaii, for its part, defensively, the Cougars really shut down the run game for Hawaii. Diosmi St. Just only needed 28 yards tonight to break the all the. Hawaii single-season rushing record. He did get that, but it wasn't until a 14-yard rush, his longest of the night, late in the fourth quarter, that gave it to him. St. Just, 12 carries for 38 yards, averaging only 3.3 yards per carry. And this is a guy who's been great all season long for Hawaii. Hawaii, for their part, only 15 carries for 228 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. The BYU defense really shutting down the Hawaii rushing attack. Joe Critchlow had himself a decent night, really controlling and managing the ball game. 14 completions on 23 attempts for 166 yards uh, and a touchdown. Not bad for Joe Critchlow. Didn't ask much of him. He went out there and managed the game just fine. Final stats team-wise, look at the total yards for the game tonight. BYU had 451 yards compared to Hawaii's 286 Pass yards, BYU only 166 yards compared to Hawaii's 258. But when you're out gaining the opponent by over 250 yards on the ground, you don't need to beat them in through the air. As you look at the rush yards, rush yards tonight, 285 yards for the Cougars to 28 yards for the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. One of those guys responsible for some of the rushing success, Austin Confenses, is speaking to the media back in Aloha Stadium. Cat package, and um, so I was expecting to play. A significant amount of time but things happen you know game plan changes that's what happened you just kind of got to roll with it when you, you left late in the game were you okay there uh yeah i just got a little ac separation and i got it in the third quarter but tried to play through it it just kind of got worse more and more um that's football though that's what happens you got to go in there and sacrifice your body especially at running back it's a different game than quarterback so you got to get as many yards as you can and 
you gotta you gotta sacrifice your shoulders or whatever you can to get those extra yards. How long has that uh, that running back uh, or wildcat? sweep been in there where you get to pass the ball how, how long has that been a part of the game plan um it's been in there for a couple weeks we just this is the first uh week we called it and felt good to go out there and throw it again um obviously we didn't complete it but i just it, it worked it was gonna work i mean the safety come flewing up flying up and everyone thought it was run and you know i just got to put a little more air underneath it so a backery can run under it and that's on me but you know, it's always going to be in the game plan. So This was just like the way you guys beat UNLV. You just pounded them and got enough throws from Joe. Was that, was that the game plan, basically, to copy that? The game plan was to come down here and run it. You know, we have a great offensive line. They opened up holes for everybody, not just me. You know, Squally had a great game. Riley had, Burt had a great game. Uh, everyone was able to run through the holes that they created, as well as the receivers blocking downfield. They created huge uh Pulls and momentum for us to make a move and try and do what you know what we do best. And so props off to the receivers and the linemen that were down there blocking for us. Get a nice cutback run where you started left and came all the way back right. Could you walk me through what you uh, saw on that and how that feels to come around the right side and see that much green in front of you? Again, I mean, you just see you see what's open and you run to it. It's not it's nothing too too hard you just kind of trust your instinct and you got to trust that the linemen are going to block their guys which they do and you just run get keep ball control and run with it awesome talk about your journey from wisconsin to the juco ranks you know you always had a probably a dream being a quarterback now you find yourself as a as a wildcat and then also a, a, a premier running back in this byu offense after two years i just wanted to get on the field and do whatever I could to play, and that's kind of what happened. I came to BYU, talking to Coach Sataki, sitting down in spring, that I wanted to get on the field whatever way I could, whether it was playing receiver, playing running back, playing quarterback, or even switching onto special teams or defense, whatever they, they thought or felt that I could play best. And I just kind of took that and molded me into a, the position that I have on this team right now. But, again, that's... I'm only able to run because of those big guys up front that are blocking for me. So, What does this win mean as you head into the offseason? Give you maybe a little bit of momentum and a positive vibe, I guess? Yeah, just because we we prepared this week as a bowl week. You know, we didn't make a bowl game, obviously, but we came in here working hard, never giving up. It's a great win to be able to build off of for next season, come back in on Monday, work hard in the weight room, get our bodies healed up, you know, bounce back and have a great season next year. From a very young age at Jordan, you were a leader on your team, a playmaker. It seems like you're you're, you're in a situation now where at BYU looking for leadership in the offseason. Is that something you take seriously and you want to take that mantle and be a leader this offseason? Yeah, obviously everyone wants to be a leader for, I mean, the BYU Cougars. That's a, that's a big title and a great role to have. But, again, you just kind of be yourself, go in there, work hard, and lead by example, you know, and that's that's more the coaches and the players promote you as a leader. It's not anything you say that'll make you a leader. You just kind of go out and do yourself and, you know, work hard and people will see that. You just lead by example and that's what happens. Thanks, Austin. Yeah. Thanks, Austin. 
There's Austin Confenses post-game comments. More of those coming up in just a moment. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Learn more at postum.com. Coming up, we'll update you on the day in college football. Also get you back out to Loha Stadium. Cougar Postum post-game live continues as BYU gets the 30-20 victory over Hawaii right here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Ben Bagley with you on the Cougar Post and Post Game Live. BYU gets the 30-20 victory over Hawaii at Aloha Stadium. Checking the scoreboard from a couple of local scores. Two games still in action. University of Utah is up 31-13 on Colorado. Colorado scored 13 straight points in that game. Utah State trails Air Force 24-21. 7.30 left in the third quarter of that game. Checking some other scores from along college football. Some big games in the top 25, including another upset in the top four as Alabama loses to Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Alabama number one in the country, and they fall against Auburn. So there will be a shakeup come Tuesday in the college football playoff standings as number one and two go down this weekend. Auburn beats Alabama 26-14. to Some other scores in college football as we look at the scoreboard. Number three, Clemson. They beat number 24, South Carolina, 34-10. to West Virginia get, does, can't, goes to Oklahoma, doesn't get the job done against number four, Oklahoma, 59-31. The Sooners get the victory there. Number five, Wisconsin shuts out Minnesota. Minnesotans remains undefeated on the season, 31-0. Number seven, Georgia, 38-7 over Georgia Tech. Notre Dame, eighth in the country, goes to Stanford, who's ranked 21. Stanford gets the victory, 38-20. And number nine, Ohio State gets a 31-20 victory over Michigan. Earlier today, the BYU basketball team gets a victory, 68-66 in Brooklyn, New York, against the University or UMass. That the Cougars with the win coming off a Yoli Childs dunk with four seconds to go. Let's go back out to Loha Stadium with Kalani Sataki's addressing the media. Did a good job, and you know I thought we got some first downs and we get some points, and the guys just stuck with us. So I'm proud of our players, and I don't remember how many times Joe threw the ball, but I'm glad it wasn't 45. You know, so uh, something that we can build off of. The goal was to win this game for the seniors, and something we can build on for the next year. And, and uh, yeah, I thought a lot of young guys stepped up, and so I'm looking forward to those guys and uh, the offseason. We'll start right away and uh, team meeting on Monday and get working because we don't have bowl game to, to, with the prep, so we'll try to utilize as much time as we can uh, from now on until finals. So, any questions? It's like you guys just uh, used the same blueprint that you beat UNLV with and just almost the exact yeah. same. I think, I mean, we could use that probably every week, you know, to, that would have helped us get, get a better chance of winning if we'd have done that every game, you know, so um, something to learn from, but um, I just, I, I don't mind using our players and, and, uh, and our own line, the guys are our strength and been just hanging it on, hanging it on them, you know, and I, I thought D-line did the same thing on, on our, our defensive side and we were able to get some pressure on the quarterback with a three-man rush and a four-man rush, so uh you know, defensively, we played a really solid game. That last drive, I mean, I wish we could take it back, but there's a lot of guys that deserve to be on the field, and they'll, they won't have that moment again. So I think that that last drive, you know, was kind of like a tribute to those guys, even though they gave up a touchdown. But um, just proud of our players and proud of that we got the win and looking forward to building off of this. Going back to your first comments on the offensive line, is that the kind of the lesson learned this season is to – to evaluate the strength of your team and, and build it around that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you look at the strength of your team and you, you see a lot of places. And when you have injuries, I think it's always good to assess it every week. 
And even depending on injuries, I mean, we had to, um, you know, we had to put Riley Burton in the game, and he did some really good things. It seemed like all the running backs did the equal amount of production no matter who was out there. Exactly, and that's kind of, we, we've had a lot of, we haven't had every running back available for every game. So uh, the fact that they all got a lot of experience and they all had a lot of yards and should help us for next year, you know, so. Whether we run more two-back systems or whatever it is, I think we have a lot of film that we can build off of, and and um, you know rather <clears throat> rather than just trying to fit a format, I think it's okay to go with what's, what's your ta- what's your talent level and your your skill set right away, and, and even with injuries, you know you got to figure it out. But um, I think we can we can recruit and get guys developed and get more depth, and that will help our team overall. What is the emphasis now? The season's over. What, what are you looking at to? Evaluate and whatever you need to do. Yeah, I mean, go back. I mean, I'm this is a long trip home, so I'm gonna look at everything and and watch a lot of film and see what. I mean, I've done that as a head coach. I think it, I, I said it before. I owe it to the um, fans and the players here to to get this team right and make sure that this season doesn't happen again. You know, and so I mean, first year we went nine and four. Second year we went four and nine. So uh, it's kind of what are we gonna do the third year and and. Um, you know, and, and I'm I'm willing to just with our coaching staff and with our players just work as hard as we could, hard as we can, see what happens when we play Arizona next season. Coach, you didn't have a senior uh, score a touchdown this year, so all the guys that scored touchdowns this year are coming back, and it seems like tonight guys made play. You had Neil Pau get the touchdown. You had the huge fourth down conversion with Jonah. You had the Bushman drag across the middle. What was the difference tonight with guys making plays? I think we got we had confidence and we established a run game. You know and. I think when you're you're able to keep people balanced up and you're able to keep them on their heels, I, I, we we could really do whatever we wanted with the run game, and, and I think that um, that helped us with our play action and our, our max pro stuff, taking shots downfield. I mean, we we missed on a lot of big plays downfield and a lot of open guys, so uh, something to work on. But yeah, I guess you said we didn't ha- we haven't had a senior score. Yeah, so all, everybody that scored a touchdown for you this year will be back next year. Well, that's good. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that should help us, yeah. But, I mean, I wish we would have had more senior scoring this year. But, you know, looking for next year, I, I'm, I'm glad a lot of young guys got experience. And, um, you know, I wish we would have, would have won more games. But uh, even with that, it would be nice to, to build off of this. And, and uh, we're going to go right to work. I mean, we got team meeting on Monday, and we've got off-season conditioning right, right away. What's the message to the recruits? I mean, signing day, you got an early signing period mm-hmm. that's coming up. What's the message to those recruits that are, are committed or are, are trying to figure out whether they want to commit? Yeah, most of our most of our recruits have been committed for a long time, and that's been um, that's been for a while. So we have a lot of guys that are committed. Obviously, there's going to be some attrition. There's going to be guys that are here and there, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But um, that's a recruiting game, you know. I think I think um, we have a lot th- a lot of things going for us, and then something that I think people. There's a lot of good players out there that want to be here at BYU and want to live this life and want to make it work and have the academics to make it work. So we got to go find them. What do you need as far as resources going forward into 2018 in order to make your team more successful than it was this past season? Hey, all I care about is what I ha- I know what I got and I got to make it work as much as I can. I mean, um, that's just how it works, you know. So I'm not one to ever complain about anything. I'm just going to go to work and then make it make whatever I got make it happen. So, <coughs> thank you guys. Aloha. Stay warm. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. There you go, head coach Kalani Sataki. After the BYU Cougars get the thirty to ten vic- or thirty to twenty victory over the Hawaii Rainbows, Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than one hundred and twenty years. 
There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Learn more at Postum.com. Coming up, we'll wrap things up here from the studios of BYU Radio. We'll have more of Cougar Postum postgame live coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Postum Post Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley as the Cougars wrap up the season with a victory in Hawaii at the Aloha Stadium, 30-20 to over Hawaii. Once again, just some of the big numbers coming from tonight's game. Squally Canada in less than a half of play, 113 yards and two touchdowns on 17 carries. A nice game for Squally Canada, unfortunately injured in the first half, unable to play in the second half. The Cougars outgained the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors 285 to tw- to just 28 yards on the ground. That's where the ball game was won. You heard Kalani Sataki last segment talking about that's something that he wished that they would have done more often throughout the season is establishing and committing to that run game. He says that's a lesson learned going into next season as they reevaluate where this team stands moving forward. And you heard Coach Sataki talking about now the focus is moving on to what changes need to be made, look at what, re- what recruiting they need to get in here, and then starting to prep for a lot the next season. And as he said, game against the University of Arizona is about 240-some-odd days away. I don't have the exact number in my head, but it's close. So start the countdown now as you get ready for Cougar football in 2018. BYU wins 30-20. to That's going to wrap things up here for the Cougar Post and Post Game Live. Your final score, 30-20. to The BYU Cougars finish the season 4-9 and and look forward to 2018. The Cougar Locker Room Show is next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. He's going to go! Touchdown! Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Final score from Honolulu, Hawaii is BYU 30 and U of H 20. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons upstairs, Nate Mickle down at the field level and around the BYU locker room. Let's check in with Nate real quickly and find out what is due. I think uh, Fred Warner might be among the uh, players to speak to the media next. Uh, Nate, what's up downstairs? Yeah, Fred Warner is expected to come out. Typically, Kalani goes and addresses the team and then comes back out to speak with us, but uh, he got held up at being the last game and all and no doubt saying some uh, Hawaii hellos. Uh, so he's now gone in to finally address the team and then uh, we'll get some more guys out. So Kalani reversed the order tonight, uh, spoke to the media first, and then uh, spoke to the team second. So once players are available, we'll get them uh, back from the Cougar locker room area. The uh, UH Senior Day celebration comes at the end of the game. And so they're doing a lot of that on the field right now. They had uh, podiums out and uh, loudspeakers set up and uh, had a, quite the production going postgame. Yeah. They're still still doing that right now, finishing it off as the UH says so long to its senior class. And this uh, senior group will never have experienced a bowl game, uh, nor even uh, a winning season. And the uh, BYU seniors, while certainly had a disappointing uh, end of their career record-wise, they had winning records and they had bowl games, and there was a lot more winning than losing for the senior class at BYU. Yeah, that's right. And it's just the new kids that are uh, experiencing the challenges. And most, you know, of all of these guys, most of those haven't ever experienced a losing season. A lot of those players that are good players come off of successful teams and. It's a real challenge to deal with because uh, they come in com- you, you like that kind of player because they come in confident, ready to win, and uh, that helps them to perform that way. So uh, I, th- I think it's a real, real 
tribute to those guys that come in, are able to go through this experience of losing a season like this and then bounce back and being successful in what they're going to do. There is some synchronicity to the way this season ended with a mirror record from Kalani's first year at BYU. He said at the postgame a moment ago, you heard him here if you were listening live to us on the network, he said, uh, I was 9-4 and four my first year, 4-9 and nine my second, so it's kind of, what are you going to be in your third? And, uh, <laughs> and as Ralph reminded me a moment ago, uh, Lavelle Edwards' only losing season at BYU was that second season. Yeah. So uh, Lavelle came in his first year, 7-4. and four. Kind of started off strong, a dip back a little bit, five and six in year two, and then it was a whole lot of winning after that. But let's not forget the third season Lavelle coached, he was winless through the first four games. Yeah, went, you know. went, on, went on a nice little run to finish at seven, four, and one. But Lavelle's only losing year was year number two. Let's hope that Kalani's only losing year becomes his second season. Lavelle had this attitude that uh, he was a little slow in getting started into those preseason games, and they were preseason to him. He wanted to be ready for the conference games. His first goal every year was win league, win league, win league. That's that was right. it. Yeah. And, and so they were a little more casual, I think, in their attempts to put everything in, get it all done. Wherever Now it's amazing what they do. I don't know how freshmen do it. They and show up. Better, the, and, and at BYU, as an independent, you'd better be ready yeah. because the schedule is so tough. In the you show up the first day, and they're all running plays against the <laughs> defense, and uh, you're just finding out the number system. So, uh, yeah, it's a real challenge. And so, yeah, it's a different thing. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting, if we can just comment. Uh, I still don't know the answer to this, Greg, but uh, Hawaii was talking about how they've started so slowly and uh, how they tried to make changes. Remember when Bronco Mendenhall would say, we prepared that way. We planned it that way to start out the game successful. And they came out and they put first drives into the end zone. And I was always curious, what would you do to be ready to play more at the start of the game than you normally would just be ready to play? I was curious to know what his intentions were. Well, when BYU does start strongly, either scoring first or leading after one quarter, BYU's record is, in fact, BYU's front-running record, leading after one, leading after two, leading after three, is exceptional and better than most teams when leading at those same junctures. BYU led today at halftime, and so here we are. Kalani has still never lost a game with a halftime lead. They're now 10-0 and when leading at halftime. Now, they've only led 10 times in 26 games, but when they do lead, they front-run well and ended up finishing it out uh, tonight. The lead was uh, at narrow at halftime. The, uh, it was 13-7 to at the break. BYU went up 20-7 to after three, wins it by 30-20, or and for the second time this year, only the second time, as we talked about on the air, BYU scores in all four quarters. And when you score in all four quarters, your chance of winning at BYU it's pretty good. Uh, BYU under Kalani Sitake is now 5-1 and one when scoring in all four quarters. In the Bronco Mendenhall era, BYU is 46-6 and six when scoring in all, uh, all four quarters. So put them together, and 2005 till now, you're going to get BYU being 51-7. and seven. 51 and 7 when you just score in all four quarters. You could score one, you could score two, three, seven, whatever it is. If you score in all uh, four quarters, BYU's win rate is uh, around 88%. And when those win rates get to 85%, I begin to pay attention. And so that's a pretty strong win-loss correlation. Just be consistent. Just find yourself not being blanked in a quarter, and you're going to find yourself in a good spot. And there were too many times this year where BYU didn't have four-quarter scoring. Happened just twice, San Jose State, and now against Hawaii. But it's a pretty good way to get yourself a W. Well, yeah, sorry, can Mark, I do you, one more oddity? You can, that, uh, you can do I'm whatever conf- you want. Oh, thanks. That I'm confused about. Um, they are the lowest penalized team that 
BYU's had in for like a long time. Go well, ahead with that, okay. Greg. So, so we track things, courtesy to Ralph, with a lot of this stuff back to 1972. And from 1972 to present, the lowest penalty tally for a season was 68 games, 68 penalties. BYU's penalized this year 59 times. Yeah. Okay. One penalty tonight, lowest and least penalized team in BYU football history back to the modern era, say post-1972, no offense, Mark. But uh, <laughs> and now, now, granted, penalties and penalty yardage, there's no real strong win-loss correlation. You, yeah. can, you can be a really highly penalized team win a lot of games, score a lot of points, and you can be not very well penalized or very, and, and lose nine games like BYU did. So there's no win-loss correlation, but it is interesting. They were not flagged very much. I would think that teams that are not penalized are, have good discipline. And then some of the questions were, what is their discipline? But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, talk to one of the players. About no, it. Fred Warner is down talking to the media downstairs. Let's tune in. You know, they got that run game going, which was huge. And so, uh, you know, ma- making sure that they protected the ball. You know, obviously they had that one turnover early that led to a touchdown. But other than that, you know, the run game was, was huge today. How does that feel as a defender when the first touchdown is scored, you know, basically by the offense? The next touchdown is a result of the, the muffed punt. What's the thought process like? Uh, that's just how we know that we're, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty dominant for the most part. Um, you know, obviously we can be better even in, in, the, in the short field. Uh, can still try and only give up three or less. Um, but, yeah, even if the offense gives up points, we know that, we're, that that's the only points that they're, they're going to get. That's our mindset. That's our mindset. What was the mentality there in that second half after you guys, you know, were up 20 to seven and the game just switched quickly? Just keep your foot on the gas pedal. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to just get relaxed just because we're up. You know, I was, I was hoping the offense would, you know, take a little more chances, but like I said, we got the win. They did their, they did their job. Uh, they did, they did not stand the job. You know, on the defense, same. What was the game plan for you guys coming in tonight? Were you focused mostly on stopping the run, stopping the pass? Yeah, we knew that uh, Hawaii had a, a very good running back. You know, it was a 1,400-yard guy. Um, so we wanted to stop the run. And then obviously in our, our one-on-one matchups, and man, making sure that we win those. How did, you, how did you guys have so much success against stopping the run tonight? I mean, he did. He finally set the all-time Hawaii rush record right at the end, which I know you probably didn't want to have happen. Uh, but again, I mean, his yards per carry were great from a defensive perspective. Why do you, why do you think you were so successful in, in containing him tonight? It's a mentality. You know, the guys up front, they got to make sure that they penetrate and get a push, and then that's easy, that makes it easiest for, uh, for the guys right behind him, us, uh, the linebackers. So, um, and just make, make sure we're assignment sound and everybody's doing their job. What does this team have to do? I know you won't be here. But what does it have to do to not see this kind of season repeat itself? There's got to be a lot of good leadership next season. they got to really take this offseason uh, very serious. And uh, not only just in the weights, but making sure that they learn the game and study, study the film from this year and make sure to learn from the mistakes that we had. Anything going to stand out in your senior season to you? Any play that you made or anything? Any play that I made? Just, what's going to stand out? Gonna... I don't know, man. I mean... Right now, it's hard. To, it's hard to think of, you know, the one the biggest bright spot of the season. But I know this win for sure is going to mean something uh, down the line. Just knowing that I won my last game. And what are your plans now? What's the schedule like? And and, uh, and what do you plan to do? Right. Uh, well, I gotta I gotta finish school up. I'm graduating in December, and so uh, finish that up. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna start training right away, um, and getting ready for uh, any type of invite I'm beginning for the NFL. Um, you know, I'll sign with the agent, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. No problem, guys. 
All right, so that's uh, Fred Warner down at the Cougar locker room area. We'll take a break. Continue from Aloha Stadium in Honolulu. Final score, BYU 30 and Hawaii 20 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Back at Aloha Stadium in Honolulu, Hawaii, BYU 30 and Hawaii 20 is our final score. Let's check back in with Nate Mickle down at the Cougar locker room area, see what is up. Yeah, guys, working on a couple more interviews, expecting uh, Kean Norman, senior offensive lineman, and then potentially an interview with Riley Burt, but just waiting on those guys for the next few minutes. All right, so Nate, uh, in terms of guys who got banged up and knocked out of the game tonight, uh, Aleva Hifo, Squally Canada, are those the two main? And then uh, even Austin Kafensis, you know. I mean, we, we thought he might have been a little bit injured uh, when Riley started getting all those carries at the end of the game. But, yeah, he had that shoulder separation, uh, but nothing too serious, it seems, for Kafensis. Okay, but uh, the season theme kind of continued unabated as uh, BYU had good players go out again. It was fitting. Yeah, I mean, it was fitting. We've seen this from, from game one all the way through tonight, last game of the season, just guys could not finish the game. And that's something that BYU can hopefully improve on. You know, you wonder, is there something that we're doing as a team that's that's leading to these injuries? Is this just randomness? Is it just dumb luck? Because, man, it's a physical game and guys get hurt. So that's something the coaches are going to try to figure out if there's anything they can do to try to limit some of these injuries. It seems like all the injuries are game day injuries. So it's not a lot of uh, practice kind of injuries. So seem to be cautionary there. It is interesting. And so uh, you're, you're fortunate that you have a guy like Riley Burt then to get down that far. That's really quite good. You know, you think about all the running backs they had this year that they went through and, and just a guy would go down and another guy would step up. I yeah. mean, Ula got in there slow, but once Ula got going, he started turning that yards and KJ and Squally. But yeah, I mean, they, they did have enough depth at running back to keep putting out good running backs. Nate Mickle down at the Cougar locker room area. We'll get back with Nate shortly, hopefully with a player or two either on, on the headset or speaking to the media group. BYU not fumbles lost, but total fumbles. Had only one fumble per game this year, 13 on the season. That's not just lost. That's total ones, even ones you recover. That number of 13s uh, tied for the season low in BYU football history, uh, 2005 and 1961. BYU had only 13 fumbles in each of those seasons, and I think... Uh, in all three of these years we're talking about, they were losing records. So uh, not a strong win-loss correlation there, but uh, BYU wasn't putting it on the ground a lot, just as flags weren't getting put on the ground a lot against BYU with that uh, low penalty number we noted uh, a few moments ago. BYU finishes 4-9 and nine on the year. I mentioned... Uh, uh, the Lavelle comparison uh, a short time ago, uh, things are relative. Uh, the, the, the team Lavelle took over isn't the team Kalani took over, but uh, they're, you know, Kalani does uh, you know pattern a lot of what he does and look at a lot of what Lavelle did. And uh, Lavelle, again, it took him a while to really get it going and get it really flywheeling, if you will. And uh, it's, it's okay to, to talk about starts of careers and say, you know, Lavelle was you know, at a similar spot through 26 games where Kalani is right now and believe that uh, you can build and, and, uh, and, and you know, still 
be, have the best of you still to come. You don't agree? No, Lavelle's comments were the best ever when he said, I didn't think I had a chance to make it through three years. <laughs> so he was there 27? And, uh, and through his third year. 29 years, yeah. And through so. his third year, he was 19, 14, and 1. Yeah, Is yeah. that a Hall of Fame record? Not through three years, it's not. No. But give him 13 and 23 years, and you got something. Yeah, and so, and, you know, whether how many years Kalani will get, I just know that we're at the start of this thing. And, uh, and, and, Failure is amplified in the modern age. Failure is magnified through social media, and uh, and and a nineteen and fourteen and a nineteen fourteen and one record through three through three seasons gets a lot of guys fired uh, these days. Uh, and and uh, yeah. Lavelle was given time to get it going, and uh, Kalani I think will be given time to get it going. He's 13 and 13 through 26 games and uh, has two mirror seasons. And the third season will uh, tell a lot about where this thing is to go moving forward. But as I noted during the broadcast, there are enough guys back who did things and made plays this season to feel that there are some good things in store for BYU. 30 to 20 is our final. BYU over. Hawaii will take a break. More of the Cougar Locker Room Show continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back in Honolulu, Hawaii, it is Aloha Stadium where BYU defeats UH by a score of 30-20. to 20. Austin Hoyt, BYU offensive lineman, joining us now from the Cougar locker room area down at field level. Austin, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. I'll tell you, you guys were solid in nails all year long. You guys all started the same group, five linemen for all 13 games, correct? Yes, uh-huh. That's, uh, I mean, there aren't too many position groups that could say they can have that kind of consistency. And in a season where so many things were rotating around you, how nice was it to go out every game and look and see the same set of uh, brothers on the line with you? Well, I know for me it was definitely just very comforting to see, I mean, like, Kian, Tuni, Tijan, and Shof all just on the same line every game. And I feel like our camaraderie just throughout the season got stronger and stronger. We were just able to do a lot just do really well in our chemistry and working well together. Well, Austin, uh, I thought uh, you guys were great again tonight. Now, I was concerned about how Hawaii would jump in and out of defenses and they would bring safeties and everybody, linebackers, and fire them. Uh, Tell me how you were so successful in being able to block those guys that way. Well, a big thing Coach Empey helped us on this week was just, like, really stepping the right way in the direction of the play and not like firing out straight ahead but kind of uh-huh. taking the sideways step and reading it to see if a linebacker was coming if our defensive end was slanting with us and just because of that first like we call it a read step we're able to just read the defense a lot better and see when guys were blitzing when guys were slanting off the edge so Hawaii's number 22, uh, Diosmi St. Just, is basically the only guy they truly ran as the number one tailback all year, and he had a 1,500-yard se- season. BYU just kept on having to run different guy after different guy after different guy behind you guys all year long, and yet here we get to the end of the season, and Squally can run it, and Austin can run it, and Riley can run it. A lot of guys got chances, and a lot of them performed this year for you guys. Yeah, I know they did, and I think something Coach Empey said, like, just to us is no matter like who's back there like we need to put on our shoulders to make sure that they have holes make sure that they have just wide running lanes that they can go through but a lot of a lot of times those guys make us right and make us look good as well so squally so sorry austin squally austin confensus and riley Britt all ran it well tonight how would you describe each of their styles in a word or two squally is just fast and downhill he does a great job just running up and getting holes 
feel like Kofensis does a great job in just finding open space and making plays out on the edge. And Riley tonight was just running guys over. That was the hardest I've seen him run, and we were all just very excited for him. And they're all back. Yes, uh-huh. And, and you're back. Yep. So uh, we made a big deal about uh, how Hawaii thinks BYU is a big rival, and uh, some of the people are saying that that might have been in the past. Uh, Did you notice, uh, were they uh, pretty aggressive tonight? Did they talk anything at all about uh, BYU? How was it uh, as far as the game went? Um, I didn't notice anything too crazy. I think most guys were just just going along. A couple of guys were talking quite a bit but i don't know if it was in the sense of a rivalry mm-hmm. i think they were just excited yeah. for senior night and just pumped up to play here at home yeah. so how do you feel the week was handled austin looking back uh, on on how things uh went in way of preparation for this final game i feel like we did a good job i feel like most of our practices and our meetings people were focused like in those times and then enjoyed the breaks when we had them i feel like when it when it was go time everyone came together and just made sure they were focused and got things done. Now, did you get out on a scooter? No, I actually <laughs> went to the beach most of the time. <laughs> but I saw all the guys on scooters throughout the day. They kept honking at me. <laughs> so you guys get to head home happy, having uh, done uh, the job you came here to do. But uh, there's more work to be done, obviously, after a 4-9 and nine season. How do you look back on, on this 13-game campaign and, and, and what you hope it uh, uh, proceeds in the future? Well, I think we can just we can take a lot of things away just from this season just knowing that in the off season we just need to work extra hard and just have that in the back of our minds that we don't want a four or nine season again we need to push ourselves more in the off season be able to study the plays more and do more in this off season so that we can be better prepared for this next season well austin way to finish it out the right way congrats to you and the guys and the safe travels and the best of luck in the spring and the season to come Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Austin Hoyt, BYU's six foot eight, three hundred five pound junior, right <laughs> I wanted tackle. To see, I wanted to see him on one of those Vespas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a load. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and the more from the Cougar Locker Room as the Cougar Locker Room show continues on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. BYU 30 and Hawaii 20 is our final score. Tonight's leading tackler for BYU. Six stops, five of them solo. A sack, two tackles for loss, a fumble forced, a pass broken up. Number 90, Corbin Kofusi. Corbin joining us on the headset. Corbin, congrats to you and the boys. Uh, thank you very much. You were very active out there tonight. Do you ever time, sometimes feel like you get in a groove, and were you in that one tonight? Absolutely. You know, you feel like the game is just kind of going. You don't have to think about things. You kind of get in the zone, and so it was definitely a good game for that. One of my favorite plays that you made tonight was that little swing pass to their running back, who's oh. a tough little tackler. And, uh, man, you got right on him in a hurry. Tell me about that. You know, I saw, I saw the quarterback signal to him, and luckily our play call, it's great by the coaches, was for me to go out to the flats anyways. And so when I saw that, I was kind of mad at myself. I was like, man, maybe I should have risked it and jumped to try to <laughs> yeah, get no. the catch, you know? <laughs> Take it the distance, huh? Exactly. <laughs> So in getting ready for Hawaii tonight, uh, from a defensive standpoint, what would you say were a couple of key game plan elements? I think one of the things was, at least defensively up front, we were working on physicality. You know, we saw that their offensive line, you know, give them credit, but at the same time we knew that mm-hmm. if we were more physical, then we'd be able to win the game. Boy, and uh, tell me, it was a terrific job of uh, being able to limit their running back, who is really a good runner, uh, and he set a new record for Hawaii. Uh, 
did you get? Yeah, you got a chance. I saw you come all the way down one time inside and make that tackle right at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, they're running back. He's a great player, you know. It, so for us to be able to kind of bottle him up a little bit and not have the usual, you know, hundred-yard rushing games that he usually has, that was that was huge for us. Corbin, what were the what were the potential dangers of finishing uh, a, a disappointing season in a place like Hawaii, and how do you think you responded to that challenge? I think one of the big things was, you know, this is this kind of paradise, and yeah. so guys can just give up on the season and you know kind of go and do their own thing and think this is a vacation. And so it was really good that everyone stayed pretty focused and locked in so that we could get this win. I saw uh, a lot of enthusiasm at the start of the game, and it didn't seem to be artificial. It looked like uh, you were right. I think that they were everybody was ready to play at the beginning. Yeah. You know, even though we're here and we're enjoying the sun and whatnot, it was we, we love football. And so when we came out here to play the game that we love, I think everyone responded well. Yeah. Good. BYU ran for 285 rushing yards. That, that's a season high. I'm not sure how much time you had on the sideline to really focus on what the offense was doing, if you were able to get your, 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 your work figured out and be able to watch the offense. But Squally, Austin, and Riley all ran it so well. If you run for 285, you're probably going to win the game. Oh, yeah. You know, I, was, I was watching. You know, as soon as Coach finishes talking, I love to watch the offense because they can do great things. And watching the offensive line, especially that first drive, just open up big old holes. Semi-trucks could have ran through those. So it was just awesome. <laughs> Awesome. I love seeing them succeed. And you allowed, as a defense, only 28 rushing yards, 1.9 yards per rush. That's dominant. Yeah. You know, I definitely give it for the coaching staff for the play calls and also our defensive tackles are doing a great job of penetrating and holding the line so our linebackers come and fill. So the offense gave up a touchdown on the Critchlow fumble. Uh, the special teams gave Hawaii a short field on which they scored a touchdown. Then the last touchdown Hawaii scored came with a lot of, uh, of reserves in the game, but Kalani said post-game it was important that those guys be in the game at that point. Do you get his vibe when he says that? Oh, absolutely. You know, I remember last year when I was that guy and you just wait for your chance and so you know, even if you mess up it's huge for a player's confidence that even if you don't do the right thing, that you're not going to get pulled, that, you know, they trust you to get back in there and make the right play. So that was huge. Now you guys are packing up and heading out of here right away, right? Yep, we're just going to hop on the plane and take a ride home. It makes it, a, you know, it's kind of challenging to, to take a long plane ride home uh, after you've lost a game that you feel like you should have won. So this is going to help you guys uh, sleep a little bit on that ride, right? Absolutely. You know, it's either everyone's going to be sleeping well or everyone's going to be a little too happy and just a little loud. <laughs> so, Corbin, what's next for you? You've got another year left. You're only a junior. Are you back for your senior season, play some more college football? Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of work that we can get done this offseason. I think this offseason is going to be huge. You know, we're going to definitely fix the things that we didn't do this well this season be hard critics on ourselves and i think we got a long ways to go but we're going to do it that's the thing i mean four and nine is 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 going to be tough to swallow in some ways but by finishing it out the right way and knowing how much talent you've got back and with the attitude you just, you just expressed yeah. there's, a, there's a sense that, that that things can be fixed and you can get back to, to winning football i guess right yeah yeah that's exactly what we want to do and so you know meetings are monday and we start training then Corbin, always good to talk with you. Uh, such a pleasure uh, to have you on the headset uh, over the years. Yep. I, get, I, get oh, to do, I, I got to do it with basketball, too. So I got, <laughs> oh, I got extra right. shots at Corb. But, uh, hey, really intelligent hey, answers, you're, I you're, thought. Your, your basketball uh, brethren picked up a big win today in Brooklyn, by the way. I know. I was so happy when I heard about that. So, man, they're going to be great.
you guys made it a two-for-two two night, so a way to go, Corb. Congratulations. Safe travels. Happy holidays. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate right. you guys. That's uh, Corbin Kofusi with us, and that is our Cougar Locker Room show for tonight. As the wind whips through and around Aloha Stadium on a breezy, <laughs> cool, and wet night here in Honolulu, 30-20, to 20, BYU ends the season with some positive feelings for a long ride home. We're back with the coach, Kalani Satake, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. He walks in for six. Touchdown, Cougars. Now let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. I wish I could do it every week, but I get to do it this week, and that is congratulate Coach Satake on a win. Kalani Satake joining us. Coach, congratulations on finishing the season out the right way. Thank you very much. Just uh, excited that we got the win, and I'm and, um, really happy for the seniors. They locker room was really nice seeing those guys um it's just a uh, mixed emotions because they're sad that the, the season's done but i think there's a lot that they can be proud of here at byu their time here so i'm, I'm glad for guys like fred and tijan and yeah. kian and others that have just given so much for this program and uh, just happy that, that they got the win what's your most <clears throat> prevailing emotion right now uh i'm just looking I, I, it sounds crazy i just want to get to the next season already and uh, looking to get I'm anxious to work and, and get things done so I know that's going to be part of recruiting but that's all I, I not taking any deep breaths of relief I'm just looking to get to the next one so uh, anticipating 2018 season right now <laughs> what do you think was uh what was among the the most prominent lessons learned after 13 games of this year Kalani um I mean we have a lot of young guys and and um you know I, I think if we uh, can develop an identity on offense and, and get and um, uh, know what our strengths are. I think we can build off of that, you know, and, and build off of our strengths on all three phases and uh, get some stuff that's established. I think we have a lot of guys that have a lot of reps and have been on the field quite a bit. I think um, I don't know how many running backs we had that ran the ball, but it seems like a bunch. So um, that's something to build off of. And we have a good, strong um, O-line that's coming back on offense. And we do lose those interior three, but I feel good about the guys behind them, and so I, 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 uh, I think the future is really promising right now. But every coach says that, you know. I just uh, looking forward to getting our um, our guys developed and and getting to work. Uh, I mean, spring is not too far away, so uh, you know we're going to go to work on Monday, and uh, we don't have as much time and can't use the the football like uh, other schools can in their bowl prep. So uh, we'll have to just make uh, make do with what we have right now and, and utilize every minute we can. Coach, I felt like there was a lot to uphold tonight. Uh, there's been lots of wins here in Hawaii, and I thought it was important for this group to come out and get a win and kind of justify that they were deserving of that victory. Uh, you were talking today in the pregame that you wanted to go one for one today, and that's what you were looking for. Yeah, and, that, and just trying to, you know, all our hard work, everything that we did in practice, just uh, putting it in, on the field, and, and I thought that our guys did that. And um, Obviously, it wasn't perfect because it never really is, yeah. um, but... Uh, the stuff, the mistakes that we made are stuff, stuff that we can overcome, and they're manageable. You know, <clears throat> I think if you look at the, um, you know, the turnover, that was a, I think it was a, a, a mistake on the pass pro. But um, other than that, I thought we ran the ball really well and effectively, and it kept them on their heels, and we kept it. You know, we were able to. Uh, we said last, uh, I think, in earlier in the week that we wanted to 
could throw the ball, but we just didn't want to throw it 45 times. So I was pretty pleased with the with the output that we had in the passing game, but also really pleased with the, with the run game. Yeah, Joe Critchlow had basically the UNLV <laughs> game all over again, 14 for 23. So you're throwing it in the 20s and you're running it into the 50s, which is not a bad way to get it done if you're gaining ground as you were. Ran it 54 times for 285, and that's a season high, by the way, in rushing yards, 285, and a season low in rush yards allowed, only 28 yards from a team with a 1,500-yard rusher. You asked the question a minute ago, Kalani, about how many guys you've run. And if you take away quarterback runs and wide receiver runs, you ran eight tailbacks, if you will, fullbacks or tailbacks. Squally, Ula, KJ, Kofensis, Fonua, Albacri, Die, and Burt. Yeah, and I think they, they all come back too, right? They all return next Everybody's year. Everybody's so, back. So that's a good sign. And um, <clears throat> Yeah, I, I think um, something we can build off of. There's a lot of experienced guys. I was really proud of Riley Burt coming in the game. And, yeah, and, he's great. And explosive runs, just really, really physical, you know. And um, I think it's good competition. Whenever you have competition, it makes everyone better. And so if we can get, develop competition in all, all our positions, not just running back, but in, in every one of them, then I think we'll get some better players and better, um, you know, better product on the field. You had a few uh, choices to make tonight. Uh, a lot of fourth down situations uh, coming on. And then that field goal attempt uh, just near the half. But uh, fourth and 13 was a pretty big one to make. Yeah, it just seemed like it, it was uh, out of reach for our kicking, um, you know, mm -hmm. but... Um, I think Mickelson could have kicked it possibly because he has a stronger leg, but I uh, just felt like we should just go for it. I don't know. I just um, just had a feeling that we should go for it, and, and I think that's where we yeah. hit Jonah with the comeback, you know. So, Right. Um, it was a, yeah, it was a good play, and then uh, you get a touchdown out of that drive. Yeah, I just told the offense when it's fourth down, just assume that I'm going for it every time, <laughs> and then it's easy for them if I tell them to come off the field. But. Um, yeah, the, the offense was in, in you know, they're, they're expecting to go for it on mo most of the fourth downs, and I was really pl uh, pleased with the way they ran the ball. Um, you know, at the end at the end of the game, it just didn't make any sense to risk with the, with the ball being wet and, and, and a, a longer snap and punt. It just didn't make any sense to punt yeah, it. We just sure. rather, even if we turned the ball over, rather just run for it. And, we only needed one yard to get a first down, so okay. um, that just made sense. The other one then was just before half, and the clock's ticking down. I think there was somewhere around 20-something seconds, and you chose to kick the field goal. Maybe it was even like 30 seconds. Uh, did you think at all maybe you're just uh, running up there and running quarterback sneak and then down in it? No, because uh, we didn't have any timeouts left, you know, and so I just didn't feel like um, that was going to really help us there. Um, and, and we really needed to go up by two scores, you know, yeah, with a missed right. PAT earlier. Um, it seemed like it, it was a chip shot for us, and, and um, unfortunately we didn't make it. And so, you know, we decided to, to go with Mickelson later in the second half and, and right. kick for us, and, you know, I thought I'm glad he stepped up. You, uh, you ID'd the turnover margin as one of the things you wanted to make sure you got done tonight. Uh, two takeaways, you end up plus one on the margin, plus 13 minutes in possession time, sizable yardage advantage, first down advantage, third down advantage, yards per play advantage, all the things you want to do to win a football game pretty much got done tonight. Yeah, just happy with, with the, the way our guys game planned and, and our, the way our players executed the plays. I was really pleased with them. and. Just really, uh, you know, we had a lot of guys get banged up in this game and, yeah, and again. went down. Yeah, so, I mean, even with Squally and Kofensis, but there are other guys in special teams that, that uh, had to step up, and I'm glad they did that. You know, our our guys, uh, you know, with with all the adversity we had to face this season, we had a little bit of that in this game, you know, and um, 
our guys just never let up. I mean, it was easy for them after they got that score on the scramble and we should have had a sack, but you know they took away the ineligible mm-hmm. receiver downfield and all that other reason. It just did he explain like that to you? Is why um, it was and then it wasn't. I don't know. I just uh, you know obviously nothing they could say would really explain it to me. And then mm-hmm. I just told him, well, then don't throw the flag. If, yeah, if right. you're not going to call it, then don't throw it. If you're going to wave stuff off, so uh, we'll see it on film. But I just feel like um, you know. <clears throat> The explanation wasn't good enough for me, but right. that's okay. I, 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 it's hard being a referee. I get it. But if you're going to wear the, the, the stripes, then you better get it right. You mentioned Squally uh, going out. It's similar to what KJ had happened. He had that big first half against San Jose, and then he was gone second half. And tonight, Squally goes for buck 13, and then he's gone for the second half too. But next man up, and those men, Kofensis and Burt, got the job done tonight. So as we're taking a break here with uh, Coach Kalani Sataki, we'll tell you, Kalani, that it's 40 weeks from today that you play in Tucson. Yeah, excited. And I, I, know you, I know you want to be like 40 minutes from now because you want to get that next season. You want to get ready for the next season, but you've got 40 weeks to get ready for your next opener. Well, it's it's a, it's a long flight home, so uh, we'll be working for the next season, and that's uh, I owe it to the to everyone, for fans and players, to, to get working on it right away. So that this type of season doesn't ever happen again. Closing comments from Kalani coming up next here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. All right, uh, down in the Cougar locker room area, and Nate Mickle making his radio swan song with us tonight. He's got the headset on Kalani Satake for the final time this year and in the radio career probably of uh, Nate Mickle as this is his last game with us on the crew. We're heading back down uh, to Kalani as BYU defeats Hawaii by a score of 30-20. to 20. Kalani, you sound less kind of uh, relieved or happy about the win and more really serious just about the task at hand and, and, and what's to come. How do you kind of look at things overall, knowing you played a good game, got the result, but yet you're really focused on, on what's next? Well, I just keep thinking about, you know, what might have been and, and um, just wish we could have played better. I, I think that as a head coach, I, I was that way after the 9-4 and four season. I I remember sitting there after the bowl game just going, man, we, we really missed an opportunity to have a special season. And, and I feel in the same way now. And, and so I, I just um, just really want to get better. And, and um, you know, I just feel like uh, I just love seeing the fans here. And I just I just remember being a young fan um, when, when I was a boy and just uh, just lived and, and just breathed everything about BYU. So I'm trying to do what's right for those fans and, and for our players that are currently on the roster now and just excited to, to, to keep it going. So I'm excited to, you know, work on this and then find a way to improve and, and make sure that we have a great season next year. Next year. Yeah, what's your off-season process like? Uh, how in-depth are the assessments of everything around the program? And, and what kind of timetable do you give yourself and the people you work with above you? Those kinds of things. Well, I, I know that uh, I'll be meeting with um, with your athletic director soon and, and um, with Tom, and, and we'll sit down and, and discuss a few things. And so, um, you know, I, <clears throat> I think as we look at that and then we look at the team and we look at the, the program and, study our off season and just find ways to so that we can be in a good position against Arizona when we open up the season. Um, but I, I also understand that recruiting needs to take place. And so there's a lot of things that we have to do with the balance right now and juggle. But I, I love that part of the game. I love that part of the of, of this job. And so I'm looking forward to recruiting and getting to know these young men that are coming into this, our program and developing the guys that are here. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are redshirting that people don't know about it. I mean, Tristan Hodge is going to be a special player. And I keep... He had to sit out. You know, we also have Wayne Kirby. There's a lot of guys that, that are sitting out. Joe Tukwafu, 
big-time playmakers that, that uh, are going to be huge for us. And so I'm looking forward to getting those guys in the right spot. And we, uh, what's happened this year is I think it's developed a lot of young leaders for us. And so really looking forward to seeing what Matt Bushman is going to do his sophomore year and seeing yeah, what right. when Moroni gets healthy and comes back. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of guys that are banged up. I just think that we're going to be in a really good position. And, um, you know, I, I'm... I'm positive about where, where we're going to be headed, but I'm also, I also know what we need to improve on and things that we need to get better so, so that we can have a great, great opportunity to have a special season and, and do what's right for our fans. Yeah, so you're saying you have some tools available to you, right? Yes, I, I believe we do. You know, and, then, and then with recruiting, you can always add, and with development with our strength staff, I believe we can develop. So um, right now, as a head coach, I'm looking at a lot of different things, and then We'll also get guidance and, and, and um, advice from the athletic director, but that's kind of what happens every year. And uh, I guess I'll have more to say on Monday and Tuesday as yeah. we go through next week. Now, uh, I just want to see if you're human, Coach. Uh, tonight you had some really close plays to be in big-time plays. Uh, Critchlow slipped and lost his balance on a pass play that uh, he had Trineman open down the middle. Mm -hmm. And then the, the Kofensis throw just barely over El Bakri's hands that certainly would have gone for the score. And then the throw from Critchlow to Kofensis. Do you sit back sometimes and say, oh, man, that was so – we had that play. Does it, does it enter into your mind, you know, as you replay the game in your mind that – that was should have been there. Of course, and that's, oh, that, that goes on all three <laughs> phases, you know, where um, there's a lot of th things that I, th I wish we could do differently. But, um, you know, I was, let's do the plays again. If, if, if we didn't connect the first time, then oh, yeah. uh, let's find an opportunity to, to do it again and, and so that we can connect. That's, uh, we learned from it. I think Joe has become a better player from tonight's game, and, and I know Critchlow, uh, I mean, uh, Kofensis has improved a lot, you know, so mm -hmm. uh, Squally ran hard. Riley got in there and ran hard. So I was, I'm was, i really happy about the progress these guys have made. We've seen a lot of our young old linemen get, get some reps in there. I think other than other than, um, than Tijon, everybody else was able to get some reps and rotate a little bit with it, with some of the young guys, Shannon Herring and Austin Chambers and other, those other guys got in some Kiefer meaningful Longson reps, you know. There, yeah. yeah, Kiefer was in there. So um, they were able to spell some of our other guys. And we had some long drives with a lot of time of possession. Yeah. A lot of time possession. So, you know, that's it was good that we were able to use a, a lot of our young guys that are going to be factors for us next year. Hey, Kalani, 10-0 uh, now. You're 10-0 and leading at halftime. Yeah, so let's just try to lead at halftime. I, I think we should, if we win every quarter, we should be really good. You well, know. you know what? I will tell you this. Since you've been the head coach here at BYU, we are 5-1 and one when you guys score in every quarter. But you are perfect in that first 30. If, it's, it's a 30-minute game for you guys. If you win the first 30, you're just going to win. That's the way it's been. So let's, let's keep going that way, I guess, as we go into the next season. So I gave you the 40 weeks thing to Arizona, right? Uh, you've got Cal at home. You're at Wisconsin. You're at Washington. You've got Hawaii back at your place. Northern Illinois is on the schedule. Boise again. Uh, you get the Utes to end the season. There's a lot of it's an action-packed schedule next year again. Oh yeah, it's a it's a tough it's a tough schedule, but really looking forward to it. You know, so uh, there's going to be some challenges. I mean, the whole schedule will be a challenge, especially looking at what happened this year. You can't take anyone for granted, and so um, we'll have to make sure that we play 12 great opportunities that we play and show our best in those 12 opportunities, and and then to give us a better chance to win. So. Uh, really looking forward to the the season and looking forward to spring ball and off season conditioning and so uh, and then there's a lot of guys I, I mentioned some of them that that, that are, are really looking forward to their rep that you know their reps in live live games and they're chomping at the bit and then there's a lot of young guys that are 
definitely excited about the competition. So it should be a, it should be a fun off season and it should be great in 40 weeks when we open up in, in Tucson. Kalani, you know we love the game and uh, sure appreciate all of your work and effort uh, week by week by week as you put that product out there on the field and uh, had a lot of challenges to overcome this year. Uh, I just want to thank you for all of your work and effort and the enjoyment that I've had in watching the team play this year. Well, I appreciate you guys. And, and you know, Greg, I'm going to need to borrow you for all your, your data analysis because you do a great <laughs> job at it. And you bring up um, whether they're meaningless or not. I, I They mean something to me. So um, we'll get together and we'll do that. But I appreciate all, all the work you guys do in, in bringing BYU football and BYU athletics to our fans. And just want to express my, my um, appreciation to all our fans and, and my love for all our fans and our support that we get out there. And uh, appreciate you guys for everything you do. And going to miss Nate. You know, he's going to go make a lot of money, I guess, and, and become a donor for us, and it will help us uh, when we build our new facility and stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah give, Nate give, give Nate a big hug Thanks. there uh, for one final time. And, uh, Kalani, my personal thanks to you. We see a lot of each other, maybe more than you'd like, uh, in the course of the year, doing all those shows together and, of course, on game days. But, uh, Raul, no one else would rather be working with uh, right now than you, and, and you make it a joy to do. And even in a tough season with some struggles, uh, you, you still find a way to, to, to make our jobs easy to do, and we know that you're serious about the task at hand, and we'll do all you can to, to get where you want to go. We wish you the best. I know the Cougar Nation is with you as well, and so thanks to you from me and for our entire crew and for Cougar Nation, and uh, let's, uh, let's go get them next year and hope for a good one. Looking forward to it. Go Cougs, and love all of you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kalani. Thanks. All right, that is Kalani for the final time this season. We will come back with BYU Creamery's Cougar Nation now. Nate will unplug from downstairs. Come on up, and we'll have our final in-booth segments with Nate Mickle coming up as well as he makes his final radio appearance with us. So BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, is coming up next. It is brought to you, as always, by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. You can reach us on Twitter to talk with us. It's late. It's late, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. It's, uh, it's almost midnight back home in Utah. It's uh, 8.45 here in Honolulu. But if you're staying up late with us, happy to have you join us. And again, on BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, uh, what we want you to do is to, is to uh, uh, join us in the collective effort of shaping our discussion. We're just going to kick it around for a little while, and we'll see where some of your tweets and emails take us. If we find them interesting and bring us uh, uh, interesting discussion points, we'll, we'll kick it around and see where it goes here in the booth. So you can tweet us, hashtag... B-Y-U-C-N-N, hashtag B-Y-U-C-N-N, the CNN for Cougar Nation now. You can email us. We have our own email address. We paid a lot of money to get this. <laughs> Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation now, one word, Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. So drop us an email, send us a tweet, or you can just tweet me directly at Greg Rubel, and uh, we'll see where it takes us in the next, the next little while as we uh, talk about BYU football winning against Hawaii 30-20 to 20, and continuing on to the future. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions at Greg Rubel using the hashtag BYUCNN. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Yeah, that is the setup. Hashtag BYUCNN on the Twitter or email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Let's begin the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now program by hearing from the head coach of the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, Nick Rolovich, former UH quarterback. In fact, the last UH quarterback to defeat BYU on this field 16 years ago. Remember that day? Yeah, I remember that day. <laughs> BYU came in here 12-0, and 0, had just been told they wouldn't be playing in one of the big bowls, and then they got bowled over. That Owens kid returned two kickoffs. Chad Owens, who I think still playing in the CFL. Uh, Chad Owens just went nuts. Ashley Lalee and Nick Rolovich oh, and yeah, everybody else Lalee. just went oh, my nuts. Gosh. So Rolo spoke with the media a short time ago. Just two minutes here with Coach Rolovich of UH. Our thanks to intern Michael. Michael Shreve, our intern who came all the way to Hawaii with Barry Squires. Michael got these comments a short time ago. Hey, Coach. It's not the season you had expected to wrap up. No, not the senior night we expected either. Um, thought it was a great opportunity for us to... To get to play one of our rivals at home on senior night, and that could be something to salvage uh, kind of uh, the way the season went, but that didn't happen. It just never got going offensively? Offensively, no, especially in the first half. We never, uh, you know, we, we haven't really been very productive in the last month, so uh, that's what happens. When Solomon scores your only points, you know, in the first half, I think you've got, you got issues you need to address. What do you address first once the offseason starts tomorrow? We've got to, well, we've got to combine addressing or assessing uh, what we have coming back, what we did right, what we did wrong. But pretty quickly, we've got to get on recruiting. You know, we'll be out Monday trying to, to rebuild this roster. You know it's going to be tough to be a head coach at this level. You think it was going to be this tough after last year? <laughs> I figured there'd be hard times at some point. Uh, I just thought, you know, I took this job so, you know, seniors could walk out of this stadium getting cheered. And it was a great opportunity to do it tonight for BYU, and I just, you know, I wish I could have done more to help them. Your thoughts on the awesome set of the school record for uh, obviously, it's fun to be a part of, and you know he's been a workhorse for us for two years. Uh, he deserves it. The guys up front deserve it too. They helped him, and they battled through. You know, I don't know how many injuries to, but that was something they wanted to get done. And there were two goals: win this game, and for the big boys, that's that's a pretty meaningful record for them. Thank you. All right, there it is. That's uh, Nick Rolovich, head coach of the University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. A few of his post-game comments after a disappointing, he said last month or so, they haven't played very well. They lost five in a row to end the year, finished the season three and nine. BYU ends up four and nine on the year. It is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu is our email address. Nice tweet coming in uh, from uh, Marin, Marin Wilcox. Yeah. She actually uh, turned this into a DM. She says... Greg, we are so sad to lose Nate Mickle as one of the three amigos. Oh. <laughs> the rapport between the three of you can't be beat, she says. We'll miss his great observations and sports psychology input. That is a good point. He really does delve into the mental side of the game, and we will miss that from him as well. She says we wish him the best and hope he'll come back someday, and so do we. Also, a question for postgame. 
after your late-night broadcast, when you go out to eat together, is Nate the only one talking because you and Mark are so tired of talking? <laughs> Thank you for all of your hours of work. We love listening to all of it. Marin Wilcox and family. Well, what a nice thing to share with us, Marin. Thank you for listening and being so kind to us. And uh, you know what? When we go out to eat, we just keep talking. Yeah, I know. And Nate's still listening. But uh, every once in a while, he'll bring up, I wish I could have said this. I wish I could have said that <laughs> during the broadcast. Oh, yeah, this happened. And I, wow, yeah, that's good, Nate. Well, Nate, yeah, he is a, he is an amigo. That's for sure. He is an amigo. And we have a lot of fun together. And we will miss him as he, uh, as, as, as Kalani put it, goes off to make a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Clint Ed Volson on the uh, Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN. What is the status going forward with Ula? Ula Tolutau. Ula played only eight of the 13 games this year. Missed one early, missed the last four late, and it never really got addressed on a week-to-week basis, but he had some off-the-field issues that needed to be addressed, and uh, no one's really talked much about it as to what a long-term status must be. So, Clint, right. I have to plead the fifth on this one. I just don't know. And mm-hmm. uh, and Kalani really hasn't been asked to bring it up in some time. Um, Mark, do you know something? I, I know just a small amount that he's been going through injury protocol at practices. So uh, th- somehow there is still... A n- so there were some on the field and off the field. Yeah, things, there's so. something to deal with. It. So we don't know for sure whether it's the injury or if it's, a, you know, a, the discipline that's been, been taken care of. So, uh, yeah, that's the point that I can, I can only say that there was injury protocol that he was going through in some practices. Uh, Vance Johnson asked a similar question relative to Ula. Uh, the Francis Bernard situation, I think that ship may have already sailed. Uh, have, Kalani, yeah. Kalani released him, and I think he'd be headed elsewhere. But Kalani did bring up, and he mentioned uh, Tristan Hodge among the players, uh, Wayne Kirby and other. There are a lot of good players who did not play this year for BYU. Keanu Saliaponga, MP's kids. So there, there are some guys who didn't play that will be part of uh, a, a pretty solid group back. I mentioned during the game and, again, post game. Uh, there aren't too many wide receivers and running backs who you saw this year that won't be back next year. And I, I think enough of them did good enough things to expect you to be able to build off of their performances. Some guys, you just say, well, they're back, but so what? They didn't do anything. But there are enough guys who did good things to be excited about their return. Matt Bushman, first and foremost. I mean, yeah. he ends up this right. year third all-time in BYU freshman receiving yards, no, receptions, Reception. and fifth all-time in BYU Freshman receiving yards. So fifth in receptions and third. Back it back, back it up again. Fifth in yardage and third in oh, receptions. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And for, for all-time BYU freshman. Tight ends or otherwise. He, well, he said he said all the BYU tight end records. And Kairos Tonga, you know, he's a freshman that uh, I just can't wait to see him after another year of uh, getting ready to play because there are times that he uh, just tosses. Well, he opened up the game with an unbelievable play over on the sideline. That was great. Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you have anything else on that one? Uh, on, was it just Kyrus, the, the point? He, by the way, he got in tonight. Yeah, he it, did play. And, and we didn't think he would play. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't think he would play. Based on what Kalani well, told me pregame, I thought there was a chance he might not be able to go tonight. I think so, Butch Pau, who's going to be a really good player uh, as he develops further, I, I think uh, losing Fred Warner is going to be a challenge to find somebody out there, but there's people on the team that I like. So the question from okay. Ryan Lundgren on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, is just that. Who will fill Fred Warner's shoes? Morgan Unga gets the first look at it. He's going to be a senior next year, 
and uh, he backed Fred up this year, 6'5", 220, did some good things. Uh, a tackle for loss, a sack, a pass broken up in, in about eight of the 13 games yep. played. So Morgan will be, I think, have the first look is at it, Fred's well, he, spot. Yeah, and a sleeper is Isaiah Kafusi. Uh, if he could gain some weight, you know, and I know he's, try, he's trying uh, to do so, but uh, he's a very athletic player, very similar, uh, you know, in athleticism. But he's, he's not quite big enough, but he still comes out and, and plays very well. Ben Nichols on Twitter, at B-A-O-E-S-T-E. Ben Nichols says, I appreciate all the sacrifices that the coaches and players make to represent the university and remain competitive and work hard to win. One of the first things I was struck by from uh, Kalani in postgame was his mood wasn't celebratory mm-hmm. at all. Um, I think he's happy that they're four and nine and not three and ten. But he's um, at least the impression I got was it's all about we got to get this thing right. Yeah, satisfaction of winning the football game, but that uh, isn't the long-term expectation that he had for this season. And so, um, yeah, I, I agree that uh, he's in a in a hurry to get things going. And it's interesting to me again. Uh, I talked about uh, Coach Mendenhall talking about how they prepared to start the start of the season and. Coach Kafusi many times this year has said, I've got to get this turned around. I've got to get this changed. I've got to do something. And uh, surely there were things going on that uh, we don't know about that were being prepared to improve. But uh, I think he, he means that he needs to do something fairly drastic. Ryan Lundgren uh, tweets, hashtag BYUCNN, what can we expect in the secondary next year? Well, I'll let Mark maybe go into some finer points, but you can expect seven of the top eight DBs to be back. And, um, yes, pass defense struggled this year, but uh, part of college football is players ideally get better from one season to the next. Mm-hmm. Gonwoloku, back. Shelton, back. Wilcox, back. Trevion Green, back. Tanner Jacobson, back. Zane Anderson and Warner, Austin Warner, Lee all Warner, in return. Warner. And Troy Warner ideally comes off. That's a pretty significant injury. So I should say eight of the top nine. Troy comes out of a, I think it's a Liz Frank-type injury to his foot. Oh. Ideally, he gets back. But that's a serious one. But that said, that would then be eight of nine, including Troy Warner. Well, it was so surprising to me. That the point that I'm going to make is that uh, I anticipated that the, this group of athletes would be able to play man-to-man coverage. They have good speed and they have good ability. They have good athletic ability. And uh, I really liked Gennaro as a teacher. I thought he worked really hard in getting them to do things. But uh, they weren't able to play enough man-to-man to change the defense this year to become a more aggressive, uh, take some chances, and put pressure on people. So uh, my anticipation is with all of that youth coming back, uh, I do anticipate they have the speed, they have the athletic ability. I anticipate that they will become a man-to-man pass defense. And inevitably, I forget a player or two who's redshirting this year that was part of last year's recruiting class and or returning back, and it happens every year. And I just can't keep track of everybody until the roster is kind of assembled in the spring, and that's just the way it is at BYU, especially with with, uh, respect to the missionary situation. When we come back from the break, we'll take uh, Travis Winder's email. Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu is the email address. Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. You can tweet us with the hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. It is the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Nate's. It is uh, midnight back home in Utah. It is 9 o'clock here in Honolulu, and Nate Mickle will be joining He's us. He's having in the booth. trouble on that elevator, I know. It's, 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 it's tricky. It's a haul. Yeah. yeah, we'll come back with more. <laughs> Nate should join us as we continue. BYU 30 and Hawaii 20 as the Cougars finish this season off with their fourth win of the year and a fourth consecutive win over the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Greg and Mark and Nate next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Back at uh, Aloha Stadium here in Honolulu, Hawaii, it is BYU 30 and Hawaii 20, our final score. Uh, Travis Winder with the email on Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. Great win for the Cougars tonight, he says. Great job on the call tonight. We'll miss Nate, but wish him well. Thank you, and yes, we will as well. He said, very discouraging to hear Kalani imply the future of BYU football is a ground-and-pound team. Is the legacy, tradition, and excellence of BYU <laughs> being a program that has a dynamic passing game, a thing of the past, and being tossed down the drain? What will the identity of the program be moving forward, Travis asks. Winning is most important goal. However, entertaining football is another hallmark of the tradition of BYU football for fans. I sure hope he writes that the ex- that an excellent pass game will be part of the offensive identity of BYU football under Kalani. I really feel that to have a chance in games against programs where BYU might be overmatched, the passing game is the great equalizer. And I don't think the passing game is anyone's equalizer anymore in college football. And I think BYU will seek to be balanced. But... Uh, I also think that exciting football can be Riley Burt running into the secondary and Ula Tolutau dragging a tackler and Squally Canada doing what he does. I think winning football is exciting football. And I think however you do it, whatever your style or identity is, if the results are positive, fans will respond and you will say that's exciting to win. It's exciting to be the team happy at the end of the game as opposed to the one worried about what to do next. Craig, the, what I uh, e- equate a uh, successful run team is what happened today when you mentioned how many third and shorts BYU was successful on in running the football. And if you can run on third and two and make first downs all the time on third and two, that's a successful run game. You've got to be good enough to be able to make those short yardage. You've got to get inside. The, you've got to be able to score from the four-yard line on a, on a run play. And so uh, when you talk about successful, it's not necessarily pounding it for 280 yards or whatever it was that BYU got today, but you've got to be able to run the football on short yardage situations to get first downs. You've got to be able to run inside the 10-yard line to get touchdowns. Nick Saban today said at halftime when they were uh, losing by a small amount, to, maybe they was even tire, tied at, with Auburn, he said when they came out the second half, we've got to improve our run attack. And so the run game becomes your foundation of what you're able to do with everything else. And so uh, when BYU opened up last week with pass first, I think that just made the wrong impression. You have to run first like you did today, and then you can throw the football uh, downfield. And they go together. You don't have to be a, a total run team to get 280 yards without having the pass attack that's going to be exciting. And not to disregard or disparage Travis's point at all, um, I I do acknowledge that that the throw game is part of BYU's legacy, and it will never go entirely away. But uh, Joe Critchlow's two wins as a starter were games in which he completed uh, 12 passes for just under 200 yards. He did what he had to do to manage the team in a way that was productive. It wasn't just, it wasn't just again, it wasn't just manage. It was, it was, he was, did, he did what was required yeah. and, on those nights. And last week, didn't he throw for 290-something? And four picks. And they lost. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's the consistency of what you're able to do at the two. And when Coach uh, Sataki's talking about we've got to get – I'm not sure the stability at quarterback is as solid as BYU would like to have. Right, it has to be better, and they, it should have been more solid even going to this past season. I mentioned that the UNLV, was, UNLV game was basically replicated tonight, and really it was. Critchlow was 14 of 22 against Vegas. He was 14 of 23 tonight. 
160 in Las Vegas, 166 tonight. Touchdown, no pick in Vegas. Touchdown, no pick tonight. Passer rating 139.7 before, 135.8 here. It was kind of the same game mm-hmm. two weeks apart, and a uh, similar game plan won the game for BYU. And they might be on a three-game win streak if UMass had seen a little more uh, running the football. We've I, talked I, about that. We, yeah, we, that uh, could have happened. You talk about running on third and short. BYU is tonight 7 for 9 on their third and threes or shorter. Two for two, third and one, three of four, third and two, two of three on third and three. So those are the hard yard gains you need to make to move the chains, and BYU did so for the most part well tonight, seven of nine. Nate Nickel has hey. joined us up from field level for the final time ever. <laughs> we, 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 felt, we, we felt the wind up here and the rain all night long. It's, it's open air and just crazy whipping around. Uh, down at field level, you're a little more bowled in. What was it like up yeah, there Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, the, the rain would come, the mist would come, the dry rain would come for a little bit here and there. <laughs> I would retreat to a tunnel. Um, but let me, let me tell you something I learned tonight. I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. If you stand right at the visitor tunnel, at the edge, you know, you don't go up the tunnel. Yeah. But if you stand at the edge of the visitor tunnel, there might be somebody from the other team that would take offense to that oh. and get really angry at you Gee. for standing in the visitor tunnel. And uh-huh. you might not like that very much, that somebody gets angry at huh. you and accuses you of, you know, this is your first game. You don't know what yeah. to bleep you're doing. and. I got in trouble at Notre Dame that way. Yeah, so uh, that's, I learned something today. Did it come to fisticuffs? He asked me if I wanted to. <laughs> he real? said, do you want a piece of me? And I said, no, oh, I this don't. Is, uh, this is called burying the lead tonight. <laughs> we, find out, we find out hours into the broadcast that Nate almost threw down oh, in full man. broadcast regalia. And I said, you're an old man. I don't want to beat you up. <laughs> By the way, I have you against anybody. Yeah. I have you yeah. against any, well, most anybody. If you throw, well, yeah, I mean, there are a lot I mean, of football I mean, players I, that we know yeah, that I wouldn't put I mean, myself up against. I'm not, there. I'm not, I'm not picking you against bouncer size, but uh, against most people, I'm picking you. By the way, yeah. So that was exciting. I got the blood pumping a little bit, and competitive uh, <laughs> juices yeah. fired up. Greg was jacked up at the start of the game too. Our our accommodation didn't quite fit our what is expected. Yeah, I was a little fired up about yeah. where we had to do our game tonight. It's all good though. It all all's well that ends well. Uh, so. Uh, Gosh darn it, Mark! I had a thought. Oh no! The no. weather? No, it was. Uh, it was, it was Nate's on the field. No, 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 I know what it was. It might have been during a break that Kalani said he would suit Nate up again today. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he would suit him up today to play. My arthritic knee would not <laughs> take to that very well. All right, Nate. Uh, before we break, we've been through 13 games together this year, and uh, did you see, or what did you see in Game 13? That, uh, that that should give Cougar fans uh, a dose of optimism before they settle into the offseason. Yeah, oh, that's tough because last week was tough for me. Mm-hmm. Game 12 was just like, uh, mm-hmm. what happened? I mean, we, we, we can't move the ball and, yeah. and we're struggling on defense. But the optimistic me says, well, God, you got Matt Bushman, who's one of the best tight ends already. That he, I mean, he's going to be one of the best that BYU's ever had. So that's a great player. You've got every uh, receiving, rushing touchdown back. I really like Squally Canada. We already talked about the running backs. they got a lot of good running backs. You guys know I'm very high on Aleva Hifo. Uh, Micah Simon is clearly a great third down receiving option. You've got a strong offensive line. The defense played well this year. So the optimistic me says, yeah, you know, you got some players, and you just need to piece it together. So many little things went wrong this year, and big things with the injuries. 
Uh, but it's you know just the example I brought up tonight was the Critchlow, the drop back. Yeah. Uh, he's got Jonah Trinneman running wide open down the field, and he trips on his on his drop. If something like that happens every play, you're going to win three, four games a season. You have to be so sharp, and I think they have good enough athletes that if they can be more sharp and guys can make plays, they can have a very good season next year. Maybe you've already answered what I was going to ask you is that uh, I see the same thing. I see playmakers out there. I see people that are doing solid things, and then I'm confused as why 16 is the average points that you've scored this year. I just don't see – I just didn't see where the changes were or where the changes needed to be made because I see people out there can play. And it has to be going back to that old adage that every down, every player, that you have to have every guy focused on every down. And uh, when you get that, then you have that opportunity to make that KJ run. And uh, so my guess is that's the challenge that they have to face. I think one of the biggest challenges – in addition to what you just mentioned, will be off-season assessment of schematics. Yeah. And how much of what they thought they could do this year was all tied up and Tanner Mangum being the quarterback they expected him to be from the get-go. And then once you threw the injuries on top of the mm-hmm. just performance challenges, how much they were thrown for a loop. And schedule. And, and, and how much of, of, uh, of what they planned to do was tied up in one guy, and how much of the schematics need to be adjusted to expect more than 16 points per game next year? Because we can we can ID and pick out individual playmakers here and there who will look good enough to do better than 16 points a game yep. when when taken in the that, hole. That's and what so, I say. Uh, it's part of the uh, overall assessment that will be proceeding immediately, and uh, you know who uh, who and how. Uh, who runs it and how the offenses run? Our questions remained, uh, remaining to be answered. We'll come back after the break. Take more of your thoughts. Email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu is our email. You can uh, tweet us. Hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN. Your tweets and your emails coming up. Greg and Mark and Nate with you. Tweets and emails more of them on BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now. From Hawaii, here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, a, a D. Kent Mickle emails in. Would there be a relation there? The, the Kent Mickle, yes, no, my D, dad. D. D. Kent Mickle. D. Kent Mickle. Oh, D. Kent Mickle. Yeah. I think he said the Kent Mickle. No, D. D is in, is it with somebody, with somebody related to you? D. Kent well, I, I should Kent? know, but my, I mean, my uncle, my dad's brother's name is Kent. But is his full name D? Well, no, it sounds sounds Hawaiian. He says, Aloha kako'u. Mahalo for the many hours of enjoyment and frustration, he said this year. Uh, he says he enjoyed uh, watching Nate play and listening to his insightful commentaries. He says, I'll miss Nate's notes, but wish him the best. We in Idaho Falls. Of mm-hmm. course. So it's Uncle Kent. It's Uncle Kent. It's gotta be. I'm sorry, Uncle still, Kent. Still support Coach Satake and Kalani. We'll never have another season with this record because we have now weathered the storm. Weathered the storm. Hopefully this is the stormiest it gets. I don't want to see 4-9 and nine again. And we had to think about all kinds of things that have never happened in so long. 1968 and 1955 and 1949. Yeah, and 19- it's all these crazy things we had to talk about and hopefully never again on those things. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, Uncle Kent. So we, we appreciate uh, him uh, joining us. He does say, good luck, Nate. And this is really personal, but Gary is proud of you, as is your mom and the rest of your family. 
Oh, thanks. Everyone loves thanks, Nate. Thanks, Uncle Ken. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Uh, Chris Butters out of Glendale, California. Thanks, as always, he says, for the great job you guys do bringing BYU football to we, the fans, each week. Well, we thank you for listening. Chris, appreciate that. I join the sentiments of sadness for Nate's departure and wish him well as he opens a new chapter in his life. I'm wondering, says Chris, what are the quarterback prospects for us next season? Is there a sense of the severity and length of recovery from Mangum's injury? And are there any new names to watch for in the quarterback pool next year? And uh, tweets similarly ask about Austin Kofensis from Grant Robinson. Does or should Kofensis get a shot at quarterback, not just the Wildcat or Wild Cougar? So what do we know about quarterback next year? Well, we know Tanner Mangum has a bad injury. <laughs> yep. uh, so that's we don't know much. We don't know, that, know much about his return. Uh, Dinkelman, uh, he's been tweeting lately yeah, about so he's Zadik, excited to Z- show. Zadik Dinkel, now, he's not a fish now, so coaches can't talk about it, but we can. Uh, he has not, at least I think we can, briefly. Um, he's not signed. He's verbally committed. And maybe I can't even talk about him. But, uh, but that, I can. Yeah. I saw his tweet, and he said, hey, I'm all excited about being a Cougar. And he's related to Ty. And Oh, he is. It's his nephew. Oh, yeah. Well, and so he's going to Washington State. He's a what? cougar. Oh. You know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> small a bit of humor. Small, very small. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, uh, people talk about when you're not real satisfied with what is there, you're going to see improvement in those players, and uh, you have to anticipate what is the quality of where they're going to be next season when you're going to play and, and anticipate. And it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to judge. But on the other hand, uh, they might consider uh, getting more depth by bringing in a junior college kind of a player. I think, I think in hindsight, they would have um, benefited from that kind of competition for Tanner from last spring onward. Now, now, but let me just say the trouble with a JC kid is if you bring him in and don't play him, well, then it was a mistake. Well, but it, but it comes down to who the kid is. The kid's the kid's got to come knowing what he's, he's gonna facing. He's going to be a hero. And if he's a hot shot that's good enough to be the guy, and he's the guy, then great. And if he's good enough to beat out the the, the, the existing guy, then you got a good quarterback. How many years did we have Sarkeesian? He was a JUCO guy. Yep. yep. There you go. You Got bring in, that's, um, they, that was the example. So, Coy Detmer, I think we have to address whether he perceives himself to have any long-term future at the position at BYU or whether he takes a different, uh, different phase for, for the next step in his life. With uh, Bo Hodge, the question has to be health-related. Um, does he think he can be at a place to where he can withstand the rigors of the position? Then you get into the Wilstead-Critchlow situation. They'll be separated by a year eligibility-wise. Cody will be a freshman again next year as he can get a red shirt. And I think you, it's safe to say that Joe is your clubhouse leader going into spring. I think we saw just enough of Joe in the last three games this year to say he'd probably have the shot at uh, grabbing the job in the spring since we're likely not going to see Tanner Mangum until the summer if we do see if him we in the do, summer. Yeah. And then uh, as to someone new coming in, I would never want to project anybody who's not currently a part of the program. Yeah, you could. And, and, well, you don't were, want another freshman? Unless he were a JUCO transfer, I wouldn't want to project any kind of expected success for someone that young in the program. BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now is with you and uh, taking you into the wee hours on this Saturday night back in Utah into Sunday morning. A little earlier back here in the islands, only a little bit after 9 o'clock. It's 9.20 here in Honolulu. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we have, uh, we've we got ice cream trivia coming Yay. up, I think, as well. Oh, All right, for the final time this year, it is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYU BYUCNN on Twitter, BYU, hey, or sorry, Cougar Nation ice- now at BYU.edu on email. What? Do you have ice cream in basketball? No. Because oh, I was thinking there's my shot to win. win some. Yeah. 
oh, uh, let's uh, let's let's do this because this is our last break coming up. So when we come back off this break, we'll have to award ice cream. So uh, we need to come up with a trivia question Ooh. kind of in uh, the vein of a Hawaiian kind of a thing. Kind of in short order. Um, <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Uh, what if the question were, give us one of the two jersey numbers you wore at BYU? Oh, okay. Does that work? Sure. Okay. Give us one of the two jersey numbers Nate Mickle wore as a BYU wide receiver and They're return man. They're going to come man. in fast. Get return man. All right. So, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu <laughs> on the email. Give us one of the two jersey numbers Nate Mickle wore as a BYU Cougar. One's a single-digit number. I like the one. And one's a double-digit oh, number. Oh, well, that one was okay. It was away. given to me. The no, first was man. given to me, so that's okay. But I like the second one. Okay. The second one you liked better was the single-digit number. Yeah. Right. Okay. I had more catches on the first one. Well, I had better yards per catch on the second one. People gotcha. are already <laughs> answering before I can get my phone out. So you'll miss, you'll miss another chance here, Mark. Yeah. All right. Uh, trivia answer and ice cream and final segment of the season coming up next. You're on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Tony Dayish, at Tony Dayish on the Twitter with a question for us on BYU Creamery Cougar Nation. Now, who are the kickers punters for next year? Johnny Linehan leaves. Corey Edwards leaves. Andrew Mickelson is back. Rhett Almond is back. And Skyler Southam is finally off his mission. Hey. <laughs> U.S. Army All-American Skyler Southam. Kicking a mile. I think he coked it, kicked it to Wasatch High School, didn't he? Uh, he is uh, uh, reputedly a, a stud. And he'll be back next year and part of the kicking mix. And so what else uh, happens there? I do not know. I do know that BYU needs more consistency and more distance out of its kicking game. And we saw it in game 13 that Ed Lamb benched a kicker again. If you don't perform for Ed, he'll give you like a warning and say, next kick that you don't make, you're done. And he was done. Next guy drilled it. Yep. Big one. So there yeah. you go. So, yeah, uh, yeah Andrew Mickelson did come in and made his only field goal attempt of the year. All right, the question before the break uh, for two gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. The trivia question was, what were one of the two, or give us one of the two jersey numbers Nate Mickle wore as a BYU player. This is, of course, Nate's final night on the broadcast. And so it's a very Nate Mickle-centric uh, question we ask. And uh, we had correct email answers, and we had correct Twitter answers, and the first one, correct, came in from uh, Melissa. And Melissa gave us uh, maybe the one that most people might not get. Uh, she, she said jersey number 31. Do you know anybody that was a good player that wore number, number 31? Because <laughs> yeah. when Jim I got Taylor. that jersey, Jim Taylor? New, the Packers. Okay, so he's going back in the day. Yeah, right, well. right. Okay. So, thank, yeah, I mean, there's one. You only went back 60 years. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> That's the point, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to go back 60 years. So when I got that, it was like, ugh, 31. But it was pretty cool the next year when I got to choose my jersey because I actually played my junior year. So my senior year, I had a little bit of a input. Austin Colley had gone on a mission. <laughs> yeah, he was gone, so the 9 So I said, hey. Let's do number nine. So Melissa suggested 31, which is the weird one, and nine was the other one. You wore both numbers. And then it got retired. <laughs> so I can't connect with it anymore. I just have to connect with it in the past. Oh, that's right. So congratulations to uh, to Melissa, Melissa Peterson. Uh, has she won before? It doesn't yeah. matter. You can win. You can win yeah. second time. Yeah, she's won. Yeah, congrats, but, Melissa. But, but, hey, if you're a hardcore fan or you're hardcore she's enough die to be hard. first. She earns it. She deserves it. She did I hope she, she finished the first two gallons. That's what I hope. She earned it. All right, so way to go, Melissa. Yeah, 31 as a junior and then nine as a senior. Yes? Yeah. Yep. 
Those were your two numbers. All right. Well, uh, folks, uh, thanks for the contributions. Uh, thanks for the you answers. You guys looked at me like Jim Taylor. Who's that? <laughs> we thought, is he going back to the Packers Jim Taylor of leather helmet days? And it wasn't quite a leather helmet, but, you know, he was. He was really going for Jim Taylor. But I do appreciate it, and now I know at least one. Yeah, okay. By the way, uh, Austin Colley uh, sent out a nice tweet to mentioning his brother, Dylan Colley. Pretty cool. Because yeah. uh, Austin, speaking of which, the former number nine, said, uh, way to eat and stay in it to the end. Dylan Colley at 23 Colley. Proud of you. Good win for the Cougars and Cougar Nation. So he got to see his brother play well and his former team win. A win-win for Austin tonight. All right, folks, thanks for your suggestions and the contributions on BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now for our final time this season. We have reached the end, mm. and it comes one game early because there's no bowl game. We haven't done this a long time where we say goodbye at the end of the regular season, but we're doing it tonight. You know how I said uh, Fred uh, Warner just zooms through his career? Well, these 13 games went a lot faster than even that. <laughs> Here we are at the end, and as painful as it was, Man, it's it's BYU football. It's just hard to give up. That's the thing. I, I catch myself um, calling a touchdown, say Riley Bird or a Squally Canada, and I get as excited for a touchdown for a three and nine team in the thirteenth yeah. game as I get in any other game during. It's just that the play is the play, and and the score is the score, and yeah. BYU still the team, and I get excited no matter. How it's going down, and yes, it's true. You 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 feel a lot more on the line in another situation, but man alive, when uh, when that guy busts loose and he's going to the end zone, I'm pumped up. I always get pumped up, and I'll still always stay that way. And so uh, tough year, but it's still uh, doing what I love to do, what we love to do, and we're glad that uh, BYU gives us uh, this opportunity yeah, to do exactly right. uh, what we do. The 2018 season is 40 weeks away. September 1st at Arizona. The next week, home to Cal, at Wisconsin, home to McNeese State, at Washington, home to Utah State, home to Hawaii, home to Northern Illinois, at Boise, at UMass, home to New Mexico State, and then at Utah to end the season. What do you know? A BYU-Utah game on November 24th, the way the football gods intended it to be. Oh, man. At UMass. That's I'm looking forward to that one. Payback. Yeah, we got to get those guys. <laughs> Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, the home of the Patriots. And I ran into Harvey Longy this past week. He came to our coaches show Tuesday night, and he's recovering from his accident, car yeah. accident. And he's he's hoping the schedule works out to allow him and KVN to be on the sideline for the Cougars in their in their home stadium in yeah. New England next year. So hopefully the Patriots are home that weekend, and Kalani, or rather Harvey and, and KVN can be out there uh, sideline for BYU. So fun season to look forward to next year. Uh, this one is done, and again at four and nine, uh, it's the first time in a long time we don't see a, a winning season or a bowl season. But hey, uh, there's. Uh, there's an off-season to come. It'll be here really shortly as they get ready to recruit and a couple of signing days, and then spring ball will be here before you know it, and we'll do this all again. But we'll do it without our good friend Nate Mickle. And for much of the last decade, Nate's been our guy, the third man in the booth and on the field, and we won't have him anymore. And so, Nate, one more time, if you just let the listeners know uh, uh, what's next for you, and, um, and then we'll, we'll let you say goodbye for a final time. Yeah, so I have to move out of state because uh, I'm, I'm – planning to be a professor and BYU's not hiring and Utah State's not hiring and, and Utah's not hiring uh, so I gotta move um, don't know where yet I'll find out sometime March April what are you gonna be now that you've grown up so I'm going to be a professor of business teaching organizational behavior so things like oh, uh, it's wow. basically social psychology at a business school um, I would have liked to have Nate in my as a business organization teacher that would yeah, have been it's good. a fun class professor 
Um, but man, it's been a ride, guys. It's incredible. Uh, so I retired in 2009 and uh, said then that it was a life highlight. And it's just, I mean, the, the connection has only deepened over these last six additional years. Um, it, it's such a big part of my life. My family, my wife, you know, we've been going to bowl games for 10 years together. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... The, the nice thing for me, though, is I don't have to say goodbye to you guys because I just get to listen to you. So I still, get to, I still get to connect with you. You don't get to connect with me. We'll send you a Christmas but card. But I connect with you because I'll still be listening to you next year. So I understand we're getting a good-looking girl to be on the sideline, though, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Following the trends I'll as they do it. Well. <laughs> doing on the big networks, yeah. There, there's no foundational truth to what Mark just said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That was a rumor. <laughs> Nate, it's been great. Man, I tell you, it's uh, been fun. I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, the times that we disagree and the times that we agree. <laughs> and uh, you've uh, opened my eyes to a lot of different parts of things I hadn't recognized before. So uh, it's been great. And not just you leaving. Man, I mean. Yeah, this is it for you, thing, right? You know, I mean, this is... when you're talking there, you're, you're just uh, you know, echoing the, my my feelings. BYU is such a part of me that uh, to have a chance to be able to still be a part of the game in some little way, to be able to just sit next to Greg and say, "Good call, Greg." And think that's, that's right, Greg. Think, man, I came to Hawaii for free. <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> I got into this game tonight for free. <laughs> well, it was it was a tough season. But you guys made it as fun as it could be for me, and hopefully uh, we did in some way make it for our listeners uh, enjoyable, even though the results always weren't to uh, the liking of our listeners out there. But uh, we'll do it again next year. We'll do it with somebody else, and I have no idea how we're going to do it without Nate Mickle, but we'll find a way. And so uh, 40 weeks from now, tune in to find out who's going to do it, Nate. Can't wait. So well. Can't wait to hear him. <laughs> <laughs> or her, apparently. Or her. To Mark. Yeah. So uh, that'll do it uh, for the season. Uh, Nate, our heartfelt thanks again to you for uh, all of your great service and wonderful contributions. You're such a pro. And uh, you're going to be on uh, now to even greater successes in whatever your chosen endeavor uh, will end up being at the next level. And uh, we'll be following you with great interest. And we know you'll, you, won't, you will not be a stranger. I know that. Of course. Because we're the three best friends that anyone, anyone could have. Could have. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right, uh, that's uh, that's it for the 2017 BYU football season. I get to still put on the headset and and take you through basketball season yeah. now. BYU's now four and two after a big win over UMass earlier today in Brooklyn. So BYU went two for two football and and basketball, and that that's a good feeling. We'll have our first Dave Rose show of the season Tuesday night. So uh, go to byucougars.com/slash/roseshow and get some seats and join us in the studio audience on Tuesday night. So Rose Show Tuesday, BYU and UVU on Wednesday. In-state games are coming, and the basketball season continues. I'm excited to bring that to you with my good buddy, uh, Mark Durant, as that rolls on. But for football, that's going to do it. So our thanks and appreciation go out to all those who made our broadcast possible. First and foremost, Cougar Nation, we do it for all of you wherever you are in America or the world. Thanks for tuning in and, uh, and, and sharing uh, your, your comments and your compliments and your critiques and all the things that we get from you. We appreciate all of your feedback. To uh, BYU Radio and KSL News Radio, our satellite and over-the-air flagships and all their management, much appreciation. To Carter Malloy, our control board operator, Mike Tingle, our network manager, Dave Shook, our coordinating producer, Zach Waldman, uh, and Michael Serber with help also uh, as well back east at the network. Uh, appreciation to all of them. 
to our great cast of interns we've had joining us all year long, including intern Michael. Michael Shreve was our broadcast engineering assistant on the trip this week uh, for Hawaii, so thanks to Michael. Our engineer is Barry Squires. It's such a hard job to do what Barry does week in, week out, set it up, break it down, get yeah. us on the air, keep us on the air, run it all the way he does. It is such a hard job, and Barry does it so, so very well. And Barry's had a year... Um, with the exciting and challenging family news in the middle of all of it uh, that, that required him to be away uh, for a little bit. We missed him while he was gone and, 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 uh, and so glad to have him back and that things have worked out well in his family. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough job Barry does and so hard to do it the way he does it. He does it in such an excellent fashion. Our stats man is Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter is Doug Martin. And then you just get to the... Uh, to the on-air guys. And uh, by the way, I should thank the BYU Sports Information staff, Duff Tittle, yeah. uh, Brett Pine, Kenny Cox, uh, Jenny Wheeler, so many others who helped throughout the course of the year. Kyle big, Chilton. Big, They're big all year. So, so good at what they do and helping us do what we do. And, and uh, we couldn't do a lot of what we do without them and their efforts. And then it comes to just to, to the, the guys with the headsets on, the three guys that talk a lot. <laughs> And that's uh, my man, Mark, Mark Lyons, to my left, and Nate Mickle to my right. Final time we'll be together. Ralph Sokolowski just took a nice picture of us in the booth, yep. and I'm going to tweet that out uh, for posterity's sake. I just had to throw this out, though, that, uh, Greg, you're as good as they come. And so, uh, Speaking yeah, of a pro. I, yeah, that's exactly right. A pro. I, I appreciate the commitment you make to the broadcast and the, the, everything that we do, and it has to be uh, done first class. Way to go. Well, uh, to you both uh, equally, and, and also thanks uh, to, to the, uh, the great crew um, that uh, exists within the stations we talked about who, who, who work late at nights, uh, breaking down sound and doing all they do to, to listen to us late into the wee hours. Appreciation. So for Mark and for Nate, and again, thanks to Nate Mickle. His great run comes to an end. Uh, my name is Greg Grubel. Uh, so blessed to, to do what I do. I do it for all of you with my good buddies. And uh, look forward to doing it again next year. If they'll let me come back, I'm coming back. Yeah, and I good. can't wait to hear you next year. Thank you, Nate. And again, thanks again uh, to Nate Mickle as our friend and broadcaster, calling it uh, calling it good for tonight and forever, I guess. All right. Nothing else to say, but thanks again. And BYU defeats Hawaii by a score of 30-20. to 20. So for the final time this year. In the meantime and in between time. <laughs> This has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night. So long. Mahalo and aloha from Honolulu, Hawaii.